few pages into Scripture, Genesis chapter number 12. Uh, you do not have to go very far, and I'll try to get um, done in a timely manner. Genesis chapter number 12, read the first nine verses. Let's read the first nine verses. Found your spot, say amen. amen. Genesis chapter number 12, verse 1, the Bible says, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation. I'll bless thee and make thy name great. And, uh, excuse my miss, I lost my part. Make my name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So Abraham, Abram departed, as the Lord had spoken unto him. And Lot went with him, and Abram was seventy and five years old when he departed out of Haran. And Abram took Sarah his wife, and Lot his brother's son, and all their substance that they had gathered, and the souls that they had gotten in Haran, and they went forth to go into the land of Canaan. Into the land of Canaan they came. And Abram passed through the land unto the place of Shechem, unto the place of Morah. And the Canaanite was, in, was then in the land. And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, Unto thy seed I will give this land. And there buildeth he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. And he removed from thence unto a mountain on the east of Bethel and placed, pitched his tent, having Bethel on the west and Hai on the east. And there he built an altar unto the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed going on still toward the south. Thank you for listening. Lord, we pray God that you would help tonight in every way. We'll give you the thanks, the honor, the glory praise it is all about you and nothing about ourselves tonight and lord i know for one i for one am very grateful to be able to preach the word of god once again i love you much in jesus name amen and so as we um step into a new avenue if you will we're in a new avenue we've just come through our missions conference our missions meeting or however you want to call it and we've come into a new avenue of life it's not something that everything's just going to sporadically change around us or anything along those lines. But I'm sure that in this year, there's going to be a whole lot more things that didn't happen to us and you probably on a personal level that didn't happen to you last year, right? And so, so many different things. There'll probably be many different trials. There'll probably be many different valleys. And I'm sure it being February the 22nd, I think, um, that you will already have faced trials this year that you probably didn't face last year. And there, there's valleys and there's going to be hard times and there's going to be many different things. But however, we look at this passage here and we can be very sure on this thing that we may not know the obstacles that do lie ahead for these that are taking place. We understand that Abraham representing a nation here, he's not representing just Abraham, Sarah, and Lot as is mentioned, 
but he's representing a full nation. He says that cursed uh, are going to be those that curse you and blessed are going to be those that bless you. Uh, and we understand that to be uh, the blessing that Israel received throughout all. You can see it in the life of Jacob. And you can see it all the way down through the life of Joseph and so on throughout history. And we still see it today. Isn't that right? I know you've heard it many times that if America ever turns on Israel, that I'm not going to be an American anymore. I'm not going to support it. Now, uh, we understand that, and I agree. It would be a very uh, ignorant decision to do that. But, but here we have that they did not know what was ahead for their lives at this point of time. They, they had no clue that there was going to be a Red Sea. Right? They had no clue that there was going to be an, a, a wilderness, right? They had no clue of any of those things. They had no clue that eventually this family would move to Egypt and lived in, live in Goshen for many years. They had no clue that Joseph was going to be providentially put into prison in Potiphar's house and all the way into the palace to bless this family. They did not know that. They did not know what lied ahead for them at this point of time. But I tell you is that Abraham, the father Abraham, as many have called him, father Abraham, he sets good examples of how the children of Israel are going to deal with things and how we as well as God's people should live this life, okay? Good example for us. And so, 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 so that... That is, he, he, he gives us example of how to live by faith. It's going to take faith to live this life. You agree with me? As a child of God, it's going to take faith. If you're going to do the sacrifices uh, and give the sacrifices that God tells you to give, uh, then you are going to have to do it by faith. It's just going to have to happen. It's not going to be providence. It's not just going to be anything goes and I live what I do and do what I live and just go on day and day. It's not going to be that way. It's going to take faith. And so he gives us good examples here. And we must do what the Lord says in 2023. And as he says to do them, and I believe we can learn something from Abraham this evening. He was very submissive to the commands of the Lord. We can see that all the way in the book of Hebrews. He was submissive to the commands of the Lord. So I'm going to preach on this simple thought that I've had in my notes since Christmas Day of 2021. Christmas Day, the Lord gave me this message in 2021. And here we are a year and a half later, not quite, but a year and two months later and the Lord is bringing it back to my thoughts. And so I, I, I'm trying to give you what the Lord has for this evening. And I'm going to be quick. Maybe. I don't know. I'm not going to lie to you, but I'm going to try. I'm going to preach on Abraham, the submissive servant. Abraham, the submissive servant. So we are all servants of the Almighty. Is that right? We're all servants, ladies are servants, men are servants of the Lord God Almighty. That's what we are to be and we are not to be anything less but only more. We're to be an ambassador for Jesus Christ. Is that not right? That means a representative. We're supposed to represent the Lord Jesus in a daily walk. But notice a few things that Abraham shows us in our text and we'll try to get done. And so I want you to notice number one that he shows us some simple, simple obedience. 
Now, does that go together? Is obedience easy? Obedience is not always easy. I still live in the flesh and you do too. Obedience is not always easy. But according to Abraham here, it seems like it's an easy task. But really, it wasn't. Look at verse 4. The Bible says, so Abraham departed. As he, as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him, Abraham was seventy and five years old when he departed out of Haran. So, how old are you? Seventy-two. He's three years older than you. Three years older than you. Now, you thinking about that, right? That's a long way. That's a long time. That's old, amen. But, but God promises 80 years, 4 score 10. And, I mean, 3 score 10, and that's what the Lord does 70 years. Uh, and 3 score 10, and that's what the Lord promises. But not every man's going to live that. But, but I tell you, as Abraham had, had come to a place uh, uh, in our text of total obedience in just a few short words. And Abram departed. And Abram departed. And, and so uh, according to the Bible, that's where the Lord wants you uh, and that's where the Lord wants me in obedience. Now according to the Bible, the Bible says in First Samuel in chapter number 15, verse 22, uh, the Bible says, And Samuel said, uh, Hath the Lord uh, as great delight in burnt offerings as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. To obey is better than sacrifice. He said, hey, you can give everything, but as if you're not obeying, you can give a lamb, you can give a ram, you can give a turtle dove, whatever you give, but if you're not obeying, then you are not doing right. Right? And I don't matter if you give, if you give, uh, if you give five hundred dollars to missions. Uh, if God says give two hundred, then guess what you ought to give? Two hundred. Is that right? Obedience is better than sacrifice. We're not preaching on missions tonight. And so that was just an example. But it says, And to hearken the fat of rams for rebellion. Uh, for rebellion is a sin as of witchcraft what it says. Verse 23, 1 Samuel chapter 15. Verse 23 says, For rebellion is as of sin of witchcraft. Any of y'all believe in witchcraft? No. But rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. That means if you do something that God says not to do, you're doing it and you're doing witchcraft. It's the same thing. I'm telling you, and, and stubbornness, and, and then it goes on and tells us, and stubbornness is, is, is an iniquity and idolatry. Stubbornness, meaning not doing something just because you don't want to do it. Or you don't think you can. Right? I mean, I'm telling you, I mean, it's simple scripture because uh, he goes on and he tells them in verse 23. I'm not even preaching on this, uh, but he goes on to tell them in verse 23. Because uh, thou hast uh, uh, not obeyed the word of the Lord. Talking to King, uh, to King Saul. And he says, because you hadn't done that, the Lord's not going to make you king. He's going to take you, everything you have away from you. Because you rejected the word of the Lord, He has rejected you 
from being king. That's scripture. He has rejected you from being king. All because you did not obey the word of the Lord. Uh, Psalms chapter 138, I think it is. Uh, it tells us uh, that in that scripture, I think it might be verse 6, I don't know. But the Bible tells us there uh, that the Lord, uh, we know the word. Everybody knows the name of God, right? Everybody knows that His name uh, is highly exalted. Uh, it's a name uh, that the only name that man will bow at is at the name of Jesus. Uh, we know that uh, all who uh, believe on the Lord Jesus, is that right? Amen. All who believe on the Lord Jesus. Uh, and, but it says uh, in those verses there in Psalms 138, uh, it says that above His name, uh, above salvation, uh, above everything else, uh, what is higher? The Word of God is higher. He has exalted the Word of God higher than His own name. Man, how much we ought to do with the Word of God. I haven't even got to the first sub-point yet. But I'm telling you, how much more uh, should we exalt the Word of God? Uh, meaning, if the Word of God is true, uh, let every man be a liar. Uh, that is what we ought to do. Uh, we ought to live by this Word. We ought to love this Word. Uh, we ought to long for this Word. Uh, and we must herald this Word to every person uh, in every land. Uh, that's our job. But obedience is better than sacrifice. You better obey the Lord. Amen. He shows simple obedience in his separation. We understand uh, that the call of God had been on for Abraham uh, uh, in verse number 4 there. Uh, verse number 3. Uh, I bless them that bless thee and curse you. Excuse me. Um, let's see. Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred. From thy father's from thy father's house. He's separating. He has been told to separate, uh, separate from his relatives uh, and to follow God wherever God told him to go. Modern day missions. Separation. And Abram, Abram was called upon uh, to separate himself from everything uh, that would hinder his spiritual life. Uh, and I tell you, friend, uh, um, the Lord's call for today's children uh, is the same exact call. Uh, anything that pre prevents us from progressing uh, when we're walking with the Lord uh, and desire uh, and that is a weight to our life uh, must go. If it's hindering your race, you must get rid of it. You probably ain't missed my preaching. I know. I don't never preach. I'm like Brother Floor. I don't never preach anything encouraging. I'm sorry, but I'm telling you that, that, that here it is. It, um, the, the, anything that is weighing you down uh, and weighing your spiritual life, I do not care what it is. Uh, it must go. If it is hindering your walk with God, uh, it ought not be in your life. Amen, friend. Most of the time you'll not be called upon to leave your family as was Abraham. You might be called to missions. But you might not be called to leave your family as was Abraham. He was, it didn't say you could go back on furlough. didn't say you could go back where you live. Right? I, I'm just saying is that if you decide to walk by faith, there will be times in your life when, they, when, when, when your family is not going to be sympathetic with you. 
when your family is not going to care uh, what you have to say uh, and when the Lord is leading your life this way uh, it sometimes uh, has to take separating uh, and especially if they're lost times like those the will of the Lord must be given a higher priority man if the government tells us something and it goes against the word of the Lord you ain't going to do it you ought not do it but man, if your family tells you something that goes against the will of the Lord, it, it don't matter that much because they're close family. Right? Right? I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. That's just how it is. But in his separation, uh, he left his whole family and followed God. In his separation. Uh, and secondly, we see that he has so simple obedience. Not only is second separation, but in his substance. Now the Bible says uh, in verse 5, And Abram took Sarah and his wife, Lot's, Lot his brother, son, and all their substance that they had. All their substance tells us that Abraham, uh, when he left to follow the Lord, he took all of his substance. Uh, in other words, when the Lord got Abraham, uh, God got uh, everything that Abraham had. Uh, everything that God uh, ever gave Abraham, uh, uh, God took it too. Uh, and God got everything that when he got Abraham. When he got Abraham, I tell you, friend, uh, Abraham didn't leave anything to hide behind for the world to use, uh, um, but he took it all uh, and he went after God. Uh, and, friend, you can gauge the level of a person's commitment uh, um, to the Lord uh, by how much of the person's uh, stuff uh, has been dedicated to the Lord. Uh, friend, I'm telling you, we get hung up on the tithe uh, and we get hung up on a percentage. Uh, and Listen, can I just tell you a quick tidbit? 2.3% of Christians, evangelical Christians today tithe. 2.3% out of the 100 tithe. Can I just tell you something about the tithe, everybody? I'm not preaching on tithe, okay? I promise. Bro. I'm just running this rabbit. I'm going to catch it. Hang tight. 2.3%. You know what a tithe is? It's a tenth. If you give a 10.1%, you're not giving a tithe. If you give 9.9%, you're not giving the tithe. 10%, no more, no less, is a tithe. Because tithe, you know what it means? Tenth. That's what it means. And so, so I'm telling you, we, we get caught up on that stuff. Uh, and I believe that a person ought to tithe. Uh, but what you do with, uh, with uh, the other, uh, you know, what you do with the other, uh, it's pretty important what you do with the 90%. God will never ask you for a penny of your, for a dime of your money until he gives you a dollar. I'm telling you, he never does. And you see, I'm telling you, you see, God doesn't just want his part. He wants yours too. Amen. Everything that you have is his anyways. He blesses you. The book of Deuteronomy tells us that, but, I, but, but he gives us what he does so that we might use it for his glory and his kingdom work. And that's why some folks don't ever have anything. And I'm telling you, they peel off a, a dollar for the Lord and spend the rest of the ten on themselves. It's true. It's true, friend, and the, the things of the world, and God won't bless that. When he has you and he has your checkbook, he can bless you in ways you'll never imagine. It's a truth, friend. And by the way, the way to get is to give. The way to get is to give. 
Luke chapter 6, verse 38, the Bible says, Give and it shall be given you. Don't say it shall be given you, so give. It says, Give and it will be given you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall man give in your bosom. Not God, but man give in your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet with all shall be measured to you again. That's scripture. I mean, what you give, if you penny and nickel God, God's going to penny and nickel you. I'm telling you, the way to get is to give. Is that not right? You know what else the Bible says? I can tell you another verse. Malachi 3, verse 10. The Bible says, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. Listen, we're going to read this. Everybody turn there. I might not even finish this message. Everybody turn there. Malachi, last book in the Old Testament. Malachi, chapter 3. I want you to see something I've seen looking at this. This is the craziest thing. It might blow your mind like it did mine. I've read through this. I've preached through this verse. But I want you to notice this. Bring ye, everybody there, say amen. Bring ye, okay, I'm not going to read yet. I'm going to let everybody get there. Praise the Lord. Malachi 3, verse 10. The Bible says, bring ye all the tithes. What does tithe mean? Tenth. Into the storehouse that there may be meat in mine house. The Lord talking. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Now I'm trying to show you something. That's why I read it so slow. Notice that phrase, prove me now herewith. You know what he's saying? Try me. Try me. Try me. If you don't believe, if you'll give that tithe, if you don't believe that I'll give it back and I'll give back abundantly to you, try me. Try me and see if I'll open up the windows of heaven. Right? That's scripture. That's rightly dividing the scripture. He's saying try me. And that, that's not the motive of our giving to the Lord uh, in his name. But it is a benefit to giving to the Lord. Uh, and friend, how much of your stuff does the Lord have? Uh, is there a your pile, my pile, and then a Lord's pile? Or what is it? If you do, I'll guarantee you that your pile is bigger. Amen. Pulpit to the people of it. We must be careful. He must... He, he, According to scripture, I mean, we could read all kinds of scripture. Haggai, chapter number 1, verse 5, he says this statement three times. He says, consider your ways. And he mentions this, consider your way, verse 5 through verse 11. He, he says, consider your ways. And the Bible tells us that the Lord come in that place and he blew down everything that they stored up. Man, don't let the Lord blow down your pile. I don't know why I'm getting hung up, but by, if you, 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 I don't believe anybody in here has a t- problem with tithes and offerings. If you have a problem with tithes and offerings, you really don't have a problem with tithes and offerings. You have a problem with your heart. Amen, friend. Of course, this thing is bigger than just God wanting your money. He wants all your stuff to be dedicated to Him. He wants all of our stuff to be dedicated. He might want, he might want to use your house. He might want to use your car. Right? For His glory. That what I'm trying to prove, what I'm trying to say here is that everything ought to be 
able to be used for God. And if it's not, and it's in your house, it probably isn't good. That's convicting to me too. All I'm telling you is the fact is he just wants you to surrender all you have. And Abraham gave God his substance. Abraham showed us simple obedience in his substance. Thirdly, Abraham showed us simple obedience in his surrender. Now you read these verses and the Bible tells us that now the Lord had said, so the Lord told him that. Let's see if I can find this. As the Lord had spoken unto him, verse 4. So Abraham learned early on that the secret of pleasing God, and by the way, you'll never please God without Jesus Christ. Look throughout Scripture. Um, But pleasing God is simply doing what he says. Simply doing what he says. I mean, for even though the Lord's call upon a life will be difficult, it was the only thing that made sense to Abraham. So Abraham departed. As the Lord had spoken to him. He's saying he'd done exactly how the Lord had spoken to him. You know what you got that Abraham didn't have? The word of God. More sure word. Even, you, you faith, you see, faith, faith doesn't build barriers. Faith doesn't, faith's not a blind leap. It's just trusting what God said he'd do. That's faith. That's faith. And it simply does what it's told. And it trusts God to take care of the rest. Amen, friend. The sooner we learn this in life, the better off you'll be. And the only way to enjoy the Christian life to the full is to come to the place of total surrender. And and listen, we sing that song, I Surrender All, but I think a lot of times we lie. Because we don't, we don't surrender all. But the Bible says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. That's what it tells us. Present your bodies a living sacrifice unto God. It's your reasonable service to do so. That's what it tells us. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I'm trying to remember verse number 2, but I can't. Be ye not conformed to the world, be ye transformed with the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and perfect will of God. I know there's another word in there. I always forget that one. But it's in there. And I'm telling you, it's a perfect thing. If you'll present your body to God. You listen to that message. You can look it up online, whatever. But Stent Blue said, put yourself inside God's offering plate. The best place you'd ever be. If you read through the life of Abraham, you'll probably find things that God wanted Abraham you probably probably think that God wanted Abraham's stuff right he wanted Isaac but he really didn't want Isaac if you read the first part of Genesis chapter 22 you'll think God wants his son and I'm just I'm just thinking God didn't God didn't need Abraham's stuff God doesn't need your stuff he just wants to see you willing to give it up I'm telling you that he he is interested in any of those things. All God ever wanted from Abraham was Abraham. That's all God ever wanted. God's moving in here tonight, friend. 
That's all God ever wanted was Abraham. And friend, I tell you, I can go over all this church. All God wants is J.D. and McKenzie and James and so on and so on. That's all He wants is you. That's all He wants is you. And that's what, I'm telling you, that's what it was all about. Everything this man endured was about getting him on the altar. Everything. That's where the Lord wants us. It shows us simple obedience. And Lord's helping us tonight. Secondly, I want you to notice he steps on serious opposition. So the Bible says in verse number 4, 5, and 6, I'll read verse 6, I've already read. Well, let's go to verse 4 and read half of it. And the souls that they had gotten and hired, they went forth to go into the land of Canaan, the land of Canaan they came. And Abram passed through the land into the place of Shachem. And if I'm if I'm mispronouncing that, man, it's separated in my Bible. It's 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 one line up and one line down. I can't tell what it is. I Sachem unto the place of Morah, and that one is too, and the Canaanite was then in the land. Seems like interruption. Now, let's do a little Bible study. Can we do that for a second? Hang on. I will do that Bible study in just a second. I need to preach, but hold on just one. Abram wasn't going to find everything to be just smooth sailing. We understand that. There, there would be difficulties in his life. There would be difficulties as he's pilgriming on. There would be difficulties just as there will be in yours and mine. I want you to notice a difficulty that I've seen in this passage. Well, number one, we see it in verse number four, I believe it is, where the Bible says, So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him, and Abram was 75 years old. I would say that the days of his life caused some opposition. He's 75 years old. Now this verse says that Abraham was 75 years old, and this is just when he left. And that, that's about the age when some people begin to seriously think about slowing down. They're right, but not this man. And, and listen, I know you guys are getting up there, but we, we just, just for biblical purposes, we cannot set, use him as an excuse to say there was less sin in that world then and less disease and less all that, because it wasn't. And I know you guys aren't, but I'm just saying we can't use that as a, I mean, I, I, prime example, Brother Dwight Winnemore, Dwayne Winnemore, Dr. Whittemore. I call him Dr. Whittemore. I've never said his first name. I'm sorry, Brother Whittemore. Dr. Whittemore. Man, he's still going on trips over the seas. And I, I'm, I, I'm just thinking, but, but, but seriously, at this time, most people are starting to slow down a little bit and, and stop working and, and stop doing But he said, at that age, to follow the Lord. And I'll guarantee you that some of his kinfolks thought he had lost his mind. And I could almost hear that. Listen, people did not live that old in this age. We must understand that. After this age, I mean, prior to Noah's, Noah's art, people lived a long time. After Noah's art, people did not live that long. And up to Jesus' age, men weren't living 50 years. You know, there's not people living that long. I understand Abraham lived pretty long. And we understand that Jacob lived pretty long when it was 135 years. But measured to 900, it's not that long. Right? You're getting what I'm saying. But the fact is, is that 
Abraham was determined to follow the Lord in spite of his age. And we'll never be able to give up being a servant for the Lord. No matter how old we are. You'll never be able to give it up. I'll never be able to give it up. There may come a day when you can't teach anymore. There may come a time when you can't preach anymore. There may come a day when you won't even be able to attend church anymore. But until we go home to glory, there'll never be a day when you can give up serving the Lord. We can just throw, throw the fork on the empty plate and just be done. There'll never be a day. Friend, there'll never be a day when you have enough liberty to sit down and quit on the Lord. Don't let your age, whether you're young, old, stop you from serving the Lord. I'm telling you, we can go to Titus chapter number 2. It says, let the aged man teach the younger. And verse number 2 and verse number 3 says, let the aged woman teach the younger. Covers both of them. 1 Timothy chapter number 4, let's hit the younger age. 1 Timothy chapter 4, I think it is verse number 12. Timothy says, do not let no man despise thy youth. Paul tells Timothy that. No man despise thy youth. I'd learn that. I'd learn that. But the days of his life probably caused him some opposition. Secondly, I want you, I want you to think about it. I believe the darkness of the land... Probably cause some some oppression, uh, opposition. We have to understand this. The Bible says, "And the Canaanite was then in the land." That that stuck out to me as I was studying this. This is two a year and a half ago. So that stuck out to me. And this verse says, "The Canaanite was then in the land." Now we can do a little bit of Bible study. Okay, let's go back and think about some things. Okay, so we can look back. And find where Canaanites came from. That'd be a good start. Talk to some of you guys about this. But Canaanites, if we look, we understand that Noah had a son. He had three sons. Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Shem, Japheth. Sure they made mistakes. But Ham... We understand in Genesis chapter number 9 that Noah, after he got off the ark, the Bible says Noah built a vineyard. We understand that after Noah got off the ark, he got drunk. He put himself in a tent and went to sleep and was naked. By the way, according to Proverbs 23, that's what drunkenness causes, nakedness. Somebody say amen always does. First thing a person loses is their tongue and then their clothes. Amen. Anyways, but, but what he did is he went in there and then Ham, Ham, his boy Ham, come in there and humiliated him. You can say he looked upon his father's nakedness and humiliated him. He went back to Shem and Japheth and humiliated them. He I mean, humiliated his father all the way. And this is what Noah says when he woke up. Well, first, Sham Japheth come in there, cover him up with a sheet. They're done. Here's what Noah says to Ham, to Shem and Japheth about him. See, cursed be Canaan and all his generations. He had a son. Ham had two sons. He had one son by the name of Canaan. And all the Canaanites, all the Hittites, all the Hivites, the Jebusites, all the Ites come from him because his father got drunk. 
and then cursed be them all. Ham was cursed. His generations were cursed. And then we can look on the other factor of Ham. Since we're there. And he had another son. And his name was Cush. And Cush had a son by the name of Nimrod. And Nimrod in Genesis chapter number 10 built a tower up to heaven called Babel. And in the midst of Babylon came the Euphrates River. And to this day, what separates Iraq and Iran is the Euphrates River. Babylon, that's modern Babylon. There's never been a good king in Babylon. From Nebuchadnezzar to Belshazzar, all the way down to Saddam Hussein. There's never been a good one. It was all because of his father's drunkenness. The Canaanites were in the land. Joshua and Caleb over in the book of Joshua, you can find that Joshua and Caleb were the only two brave enough to go into the land of Canaan. Because the rest of them wouldn't go. Why? Because there were giants in that land. There were giants in that land. The Canaanite was then in the land. It was not an easy task. And friend, I tell you, as you can look at the Canaanites, they were godless people. They were trapped in a system of religion that involved the worship of many gods. Um, they practiced human sacrifice. They went through various fertility rites and, and had no regard for morality or decency or anything. They were wicked. But Abram was headed into a crazy environment, crazy territory where no one would be sympathetic to his lifestyle or be his God. And nobody would like his God. The God of the Israelites. The God of Joshua, Jacob, Isaac, and Abraham. Nobody would like the him if he went over there. But regardless of all those things, Abram was given this land. The Canaanite was there. And Abraham had to face some opposition because there was a Canaan. By the way, the children of Israel had to face many oppositions on their route. And one of them was the Canaanites. By the way, there was a big war and a big battle that actually went on between the Israelites and the Canaanites. And there still is. There still is. You're exactly right. There's never been a longer fight ongoing fight than the fight between America and Israel and Iraq and Iran. Not America and Israel. I'm talking about against. The, the two countries, God's people and the only other country in this entire world that says uh, they're one nation under God. No wonder they're against us. They've always been against God's people. Amen, friend. But nothing has changed, nonetheless. The Canaanite is still in the land. That's an application you can take from this.
the Canaanite is still in the land. The world, the flesh, the devil have no sympathy whatsoever with our desire to serve the Lord. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12, Yea, all that live godly shall suffer persecution. They're going to suffer persecution. And of course, if the Lord Jesus face opposition and difficulty, then there's no difference for us. Uh, we're going to face it too. He said they hated me first and they're going to hate you. Uh, it's just as simple as that. But John, John, John 15, 20 tells us about it. And there's many different things. But in spite of that fact that the world is against the child of God, we must go where God says to go. We must determine in our hearts as long as we have breath in our lungs, we're going to serve the Lord. Amen, friend. Beloved, I, I want to give you something. Stand. One word. Beloved, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know, your labor is not in vain. The Lord. David said, I, I mean, the psalmist said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than dwell in the tents of the wicked. I'd, I'd much rather, much rather be a doorkeeper for the Lord. Amen, friend. I believe that that, that there was um, the darkness of the land. Then I, I believe the distance of the journey caused opposition. Now, I've done some study and I found that from hiring. To Beersheba in the south of Canaan was about 500 miles. That'd take a lot of travel for a car today. It's more than one tank of gas on most vehicles, besides yours, probably. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a long time, but, 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 then, but then he had flocks. He had herds. He had servants. He took all that he had. Is that right? Um, servants. He had household goods. He had all the other things they had with him. And I would say this was a journey. I mean, it surely would have been tempted for Abraham to just stop short. Don't worry about going. We don't need to go there. But, but I, I'm just saying, it, it surely would have been tempting for him to just stop short and just give it all up. But I'm telling you is that everything there was to see was in Canaan. And God gave it to him. God gave it to him, friend. But there's a lesson there. And I'm, try, I'm really trying to hurry. But God, I'm thankful for the word. I'm thankful for the Lord here tonight. How often are we tempted to drop out of the race, though? You know, I, I've been tempted in the last month to drop out of the race. Let's be real. I've been tempted in the last month to drop. How, how often the loads get so heavy uh, and the ways of life get so hard? Uh, and isn't there just a tendency to get weary and just want to quit? But let me just encourage you, it'd, it'd be worth it all when we get home. Right now, the way it gets hard, and when it does, you can count on the fact that God is just trying to grow you. I mean, it's, it's just simple as that, friend. Uh, I mean, and determine in your heart that you'll never stop, never pull short, never quit until you have seen everything that God has for you in your Canaan land. That's what you need. That's what you need. Just keep going on for the Lord. Glory lands just inside. Leave the distance probably caused some opposition to it. And I believe that the duties of the load probably caused some opposition for him. Now we understand this, that he had all that he had. Abraham was a man with many responsibilities. He studied his life. He had his wife Sarah's nephew Lot to look after. He had servants, flocks, herds, and all the above in that. And, and if, if he was like most men, then he would have believed that it was his responsibility to feed the whole crowd and all that. Y'all with me, right? I'm just, I'm just thinking. Yeah. It took great faith. For him to look at the unseen and just place his faith in God. 
timing. It's hard to look at the unseen and just place your faith in God. It's hard to do that. And that, that, that is the place where God wants us, though. He wants us to arrive at the place where we'll willingly abandon uh, um, the, the seen for the unseen and, and um, to listen to the commands of the Lord. He wants us to come to a place where we know that we have what He promised it, even if we can't see it. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. I don't care if it's family, finances, or food. He wants us to come to a place where all our tomorrows, all our needs, all our fears, all our cares, all our worries, all our problems are just laid at his feet. Take no thought of tomorrow. Let tomorrow take thought of itself. Matthew chapter number 6, verse 25 through 34. You can read about that. Jesus said to lay it all him. Trust him. Leave the rest of the details up to him, friend. I know I'm... I know it's easy preaching hard living. I know I'm preaching a little longer too, but he shows us simple obedience, serious opposition. He steps on, I'm done. I'm beginning to finish. He shows, he saw, he saw some splendid opportunities. Got to finish the verse. And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said unto thy seed, I give this land there, builded he an altar, and the Lord who appeared unto him. He removed from thence unto a mountain on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent, having Bethel on the west, Hai on the, on the east. There he built an altar unto the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed going on still towards the south. This man was called to walk to a place that he did not know anything about. An unseen place. He was given opportunities, though, that others never knew anything about. Notice with me. Number one, he experienced God's promises in action. And the Lord appeared unto Abram. That's all I need to read. Abraham's man. This man could travel as a pilgrim in Canaan, knowing in his heart that every square inch of the ground was his and his children forever. Think about that. They may be much fighting over that patch of ground today over there, but I'm telling you right now, I've got news for you. All that ground belongs to the Jew. All of it. You do your own study on that. But as he traveled, Abraham enjoyed the future, though it still remained unseen. I tell you, friend, he, he, he gives us examples here. We continue on our journey Towards the celestial city of heaven. You and I am continuing our journey every day, and we can I can see the future by faith. When, when I read my Bible, I can see the future, uh, and I can see all the wondrous things of heaven. Uh, and, uh, but I, I, by faith, I can see it uh, as it is reality. One day my faith will become sight. My friend, keep traveling. Keep traveling on for Jesus. You are as sure for heaven as if you were already there. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 6, the Bible says, And it hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Amen, Amen friend. He enjoyed God's promises in action. He enjoyed, excuse me, he experienced God's promise. He enjoyed, uh, secondly, he enjoyed uh, God's presence in action. The Bible says, and the Lord appeared unto Abram and said unto him. So he, he appeared unto him. And he removed from thence into a mountain on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent, having 
and, an, and then building an altar unto the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. As he journeyed, Abraham had a companion that was better than any other. Amen. The Bible says as, as cold water is to a thirsty soul, so it is as good news from a far country. He knew the best friend. He said there's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Amen. God walked with him every step of the way. We see God walked with him in his worship. It seems that whenever Abraham pitched his tent, he also built an altar. And he took the time to worship as he journeyed along. He all, he, his altars give a loud testimony of the condition of this man's heart, I believe. The fact that he built them in the center of Canaan where all around the people were consumed in the darkness of idolatry. There was so much wickedness. But in the midst of all that wickedness, he still proved his love for the Lord when he built an altar. God's people should be known for their altar moments. I'm telling you, friend, not, not just in church, but everywhere our path takes us. friend. We, everywhere we go, we've been all over, this east, all over this side here. And wherever we go, the altar is always the end of the bed. It's always the end of the bed. It's always going to be the end of the bed. That's just what it is. And we do it together. It's the end of the bed. We should mark our days with prayer when we spend time in the presence of the Lord. We must make worship a priority in our lives, friends. When we build our altars and are not ashamed of the God we serve, it stands as a powerful witness to those who are around us. Our worship and our adoration of the Lord should make us stand out from the world around us. And he proved it in his worship. He proved it in his wanderings. Notice that as he journeyed, friend, Abraham and God enjoyed sweet fellowship and communion. They did together. Just think about those times. God spoke to him and he worshipped the Lord and Abraham was determined for God to be with him as he journeyed along the way. Don't you want God with you every step of the way? Don't leave God out. That's a recipe for disaster is all that is. Everything is easier when he's there. He proved in his wanderings. He proved it in his ways. Verse 8 tells us there that Abraham pitched his tent between Bethel and Ai. Ai, Ai. And the word Bethel means house of God. And it was at Bethel that the partridge Jacob on down the road in Genesis chapter 28, it was at that place where God would later meet with Jacob in a lonely night. And Jacob would get, remember we preached on it when Jacob became Israel. And the night when Jacob became Israel, that's the night. And it happened at Bethel. It happened at the house of God. And that's the best place you can be. The name Hai, the name Ai means a heap of ruins. And it was here that Israel would later learn a valuable lesson about faith on down the road. Uh, obedience and destructive power of sin. When God destroyed half of them. And friend, I find it interesting that as Abraham 
journeyed, he seemed to be moving away from the heap of ruins and moving towards the house of God. Moving towards Bethel. From Ai to Bethel, a journey. And this symbolizes the fact that Abraham was moving away from what he used to be towards that what which God wanted him to be. Friend, I tell you, that's what needs to happen in our life. When we determine that we will walk in the paths of the Lord, He'll begin to to transform us from the heap of ruins to the house or temple of God. Man, you might still be marred and marked up and different things that the past may bring up your way, but that does not matter. That does not matter when it comes to things uh, because God brings from a heap of ruins uh, and makes you into the house of God, uh, the temple of God. You are a temple of God. Uh, it's not your body, it's His body. Uh, and friend, I'm telling you, is that what it is? And I believe that's why He says, uh, I believe it is 2 Corinthians uh, in chapter 4 where the Bible tells us uh, that we have this treasure in earthen vessels. It's a treasure. And he takes us like he finds us and he changes us into his image. That would be glorification on down the road. That's how the Lord works. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, a new creature, old things pass away. Hold all things become you. But I'm telling you this tonight. I'm telling you this. Here he is. And he went from the old to the new. And man, isn't that what God does for us? People have so many problems when they come to the altar and they say, I'm not ready to get saved or I'm not ready. You know why they're not? Because they think they need to change. But the fact is, God does the changing. Amen. I'm done. Abraham never, when Abraham seen that land, he seen it from afar off. According to Hebrews, he was faithful and sojourning all the way into his dying breath. He was looking for a city whose builder and maker was God. He had his eyes set on a different Canaan. He had his eyes set above is what he had his eyes set. And really, I believe Abraham sets the example of a man who is totally committed to a life of faith. I ask you tonight, we don't normally do this, but we're going to tonight. We don't have to have nobody play. But I want you to think about this. Can you say the same thing about this journey you're in? Can you say that you're that submissive servant? Which country are you firmly planted in? Abraham was headed towards another one. He was looking at another one. Are you you in earth or are you in heaven? Are you laying more treasures here or are you laying more treasures there? I'm telling you, friend, it matters. It matters how many treasures you lay there. Amen, friend. Can we stand tonight? It matters how many treasures we have in that city. It matters what we have laid up there. It matters to me when my children are doing this. It matters. It matters how many treasures are laying up there. 
man, I'm not laying no treasures here. I know I have a truck. I know I have cars, all that, a house. But, man, how much the more could I give to the Lord? I'm not just talking about money, understand me. How much could I give myself to the Lord? We need people who will live fully by faith. Abraham was a faithful servant of the Lord. He was a submissive servant. And I want to ask you tonight, I'm going to pray. You need to come pray tonight and ask the Lord to help you. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this time. Help us, God, to be who we need to be. Lord, as we're coming up on the 9 o'clock hour, God, help us, Lord, to be submissive servants, Lord, to find simple obedience, Lord, and even in the midst of serious opposition. And, Lord, even... Lord, we know, we know, God, that there is some sure, there's some sure opportunities that will be along the way if we'll just focus on you, Lord, and keep our lives in touch with you, Lord, where there'll be sweet communion and sweet fellowship, Lord. God, help us to be better than we were last year. God, help us to be better than we are, were yesterday, Lord. God, help us to give more of ourselves. Help us to give more completely, Lord, to your cause and your work to lay more treasures up in heaven than we do in this earth, Lord. Help us, God, tonight. We love you in Jesus' name. Help these people.